Thanks so much for joining us for Faith in Four Letter Words, where we take an unapologetically real look at surviving the boys club, perfect poly and motherhood, all while living in the glass fishbowl. I'm Amanda Goodman. Tara is on a small sabbatical while she transitions into her new career. We have some special guests here because we have talked about youth sports because I'm a youth youth sports mom. We've talked about parents behaving badly and I wanted to bring in the experts. They are my friends. They are professional soccer coaches. Their focus is, you know, the youth athletes. We have Kyle Nelson with Cedar Valley Soccer Club and Chris Rennie, Cedar Valley Soccer Club. If you guys want to just say hi. Welcome, first of all, into this little podcast booth. Thanks for having us today. We're excited to chat all things soccer. I'm excited for you guys to be here. First of all, let's get some backgrounds. So, Kyle, we'll start with you. You're the executive director over at the club. This club is based in Waterloo, Iowa. You've played your whole life. Give your, you know, give your synopsis here. Yeah, so my my background is a little bit. I'm from small town Iowa, uh, Decorah, Iowa, about an hour and 20 minutes northeast of here. Um, didn't have a traditional um, soccer experience like most kids do. I was a four-sport athlete. We didn't have a, a youth soccer club in my town of 10,000 people, so... Um, I got to play four sports as I grew up, but fell in love with soccer, um, was fortunate enough to be recruited to play at Luther College, played four years at Luther College. Um, while I was at Luther, I um, was the head coach of Decorah High School, uh, the place that I played high school soccer. So I was actually coaching kids that were a year younger than me as a head coach. Yeah, so there were some challenges in that aspect too. But uh, once I graduated from Luther, stayed on for a year and a half, two years and coached with the Luther men's program. Then transitioned to the women's side, coached at Wartburg, uh, and that was my first stint at Cedar Valley, actually. So I came down, coached at Wartburg on the women's side, coached a couple teams with Cedar Valley in the early 2010s, and then from there, um, went down to Des Moines, coached with JUSC Sporting Iowa, where actually I met Chris here, and he'll give a little bit of background on him too, but um, that's where I really got involved in the the full-time club soccer, working with youth athletes, youth soccer players, and... um, did a couple other stops, but eventually came back to the Cedar Valley, um, knew it was a, a sleeping giant, right? There's a lot of potential here, um, great facilities, great people. Um, and when the job opened up, I put my name in the hat and went through that process. And I'm very blessed to be to be back in the Cedar Valley. We're, we're glad to have you. I, I serve on the board of the soccer club, so I am, I'm a fan. I mean, I, I'm a fan of you both. You know, I'm glad, Kyle, I'm glad you're here. Chris, what's your background? Yeah, mine's just a lot, a lot different, as you can probably tell with the accent. I'm not originally from Iowa. You're not from Iowa. No, you don't I'm have not. that Iowa accent, huh? <laughs> it's deep southern Iowa, right? <laughs> yeah, right there. It has yeah. faded a little bit over the years. Yeah. but um, No, I'm originally from Edinburgh, Scotland. Um, I grew up there, and obviously Scotland's a soccer-crazy country or football-crazy country. Um, so that was just the given that you'd play soccer as a kid. So um, to start with, it was just playing with, with friends and having fun with it. Eventually, it became more of a passion, and I wanted to play for a youth soccer club that started to grow where I ended up playing for a professional academy when I was 15 um, until I graduated high school um, and saw all sorts of different crazy pieces of soccer and put into some really stressful environments at times with with pro coaches and with um, professional coaches a lot different than the environment that I probably had in the youth clubs um, and then after that I came to the US on a soccer scholarship and I played four years here uh, met my wife in college and stayed and stayed in Iowa um, and wanted to keep being around the game. Um, so I got involved in youth soccer coaching with uh, JUSC, which became Sporting Iowa. Um, I was there for about 10 years and um, it was a really great opportunity for me. I really enjoyed my time there. 
I got to work with a lot of good people, a lot of good players, a lot of good families. Um, but they also gave me the opportunities to um, go down some other avenues with soccer. So I worked with um, Grammar University with their men's and women's program for wow. about 10 years um, with Drake University for two years. And then I worked in the, the PDL with uh, Des Moines Menace for two years as well. So I think all those different experiences has really helped me figure out who I wanted to be as a coach and how I can impact um, people on a bigger scale, especially our youth soccer players. So when this opportunity come to come to Cedar Valley and work with Kyle again, was something that really excited me to maybe have a bigger imprint on a community, a bigger imprint on um, a lot of players. So yeah, I'm excited to be here. I think that's fantastic. And I appreciate y'all sharing your background with us because I, you know, we have thousands and thousands of people who listen to this, right? That's like a little humble brag, right? The reason I'm saying this, I want you to share your background because it's really for the polys on the sidelines, right? The ones who, because they watch, I always say, you know, oh, they watch Premier League, so they know everything about sports, right? So has that been frustrating? I mean, first of all, kudos to you for investing, you know, making your passion, like youth sports is your passion, right? Developing these young athletes. Have parents become, from the time you were an athlete until now, running clubs, running teams, have parents become an an issue overall and I know it's a tricky situation I know I don't want to put you on the spot because I know you're still you're still running a nonprofit right you're running a business so you can't you don't want to obviously insult but however I don't think people we realize you know on the sidelines we could be detrimental to our own son or daughter yeah. by our behavior yeah um, I think it, it has evolved a little bit um, you know Obviously, we're working with youth players, trying to make them better soccer players, give them a good experience, you know, hopefully develop good people, too, in that process, too. And obviously, we want our teams to compete, be competitive, you know, um, win. You know, that's a big part of it is get the feels, right? Feel good about those things. But it really is a, a process, right? It's a long-term process, and it just takes a little bit of time. Um, it, it starts a little messy at the beginning, and it looks a little rough. Um, but it's supposed to. When you're young, if you're doing things the right way and teaching kids to play a certain way, it does look a little bit messy and they make mistakes and they, they give up goals and they lose games with the intent that, hey, as we progress and get older, you know, we've already been through the gauntlet of making these mistakes in these parts of the field. And as they get older, now they're braver, now they're, they're seasoned, and now they don't make those mistakes as older players, right? Um, but I, I would say from a parent perspective, um, you know, when I was a youth, a youth, a youth athlete, high school, um, even, you know, middle school athlete, my parents, you know, if I came home and said, I didn't get to play today or, you know, coach didn't play me today, they said, well, what'd you do? You know, you need to go talk to your coach. Right. Now, I'm not going to talk to your coach for you. That's between you and your coach a little bit. And, 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 that, and that's changed a little bit. You know, parent involvement's been a little bit higher, you know, with, I think, social medias and just connectivity and all those different things, accessibility for coaches too, we're incredibly accessible now, whereas I don't think in the past coaches were as accessible. Um, but I would, I would also say that, you know, I would say most of our time is, is spent with these parents, 5% or it's 5% of those people, right? 95% of our parents are terrific, but most of our time is spent with those 5% potentially, right? right? And so. it's relentless. And it's one of those things that I've seen you know, um, and with anybody complaining about anything, whether it's youth sports or, you know, anything in my daily life, it's um, even if you don't, when they don't get the answer that they want, they'll just ask you in a different way. Mm -hmm. And so they could just come at you and they're relentless. And my big issue is I think it's those conversations when, when kids are hearing those conversations, like you have to wonder what's happening at the dinner table. 
you know, if they're talking about your, your playing time, because you just hit the nail on the head. You know, when we were growing up, um, it was, what'd you do? Why aren't you playing? Where I think today, no matter what sport you play, it's the coaches. It's immediately the coach's fault or well, it's, it's in somebody the else. Probably in the classroom too a little bit. You know, it's, it's, the, it's the teacher sometimes. Well, what is my, why, am I, why is my kid not doing well? What's playing the teacher? So it's, it's shifted a little bit. You right. know, I think I think a little bit with that. It's the I have to like in Scotland. Do they have I, I, you know, this generation, which is crazy to me because this generation is being raised by people from my generation who, you know, we you won first place or you didn't win anything. You got a ribbon for first or you didn't get anything. And now we ha- can't you know we hand participation trophies out for kids who just sign up because yeah. we never want anybody to fail. We don't want anybody to feel what like you know a loss feels like. Is it the same where um, you're from? It's hard for me to say now because I've been so far removed from it for so long. Um, but certainly when I was growing up, it wasn't the way, like, my mom never came to my soccer games. It wasn't, like, a big thing. You went and the dads would come from time to time and they would cheer on the games, but they'd be quite passionate about it. But it was never in a way that was, um, that would maybe impact the coaches or affect the coaches' decisions. It was always in a way that was trying to get the best from from you as the, as the child or as the player. Um, and I think that that's the part that's probably changed as much as I, I really love the, the culture in the U.S. where um, the families come to the games. It's like a family day out. They bring their chairs, they'll sit, they watch the games. I actually love that. I think it's so great and it builds like a really great culture. Um, but again, I think soccer and sports offer a great opportunity for kids to go through the highs and lows. It's it's something that it's never going to be given to you you're never going to just win every game you're going to have upsets you're going to have ups and downs you're going to have coaches you love coaches you don't like and that's a part of the process um and i think sometimes people get blinded with that and they want instant success but they also want everything to be catered and that's not always going to be the case and i think if you're going to put your child in a sport i think you've got to trust that this is going to be a really good not just making them better soccer players but hopefully making them better people with that process of the setbacks, the the bad periods, the good periods, because when those good periods come, then it's going to be earned and they're going to enjoy that and they're going to revel in those successes. So, um, yeah. That's good. It's funny that you mention it because my husband's from Argentina, mm. so he doesn't go to a lot of my son's games because down there you don't go to your kids' games because your child's not focused. They treat it like a job. It doesn't matter if you're 5 or 15. <laughs> you're When they go to a game, no, if you're on the sideline, then you're distracting your child. So he, I'm tr- still trying, well, you got to go support him, you know, and he just doesn't. So it's very interesting that you brought that up. But yeah, parents here, they, you know, whether it's a soccer game or football, they bring that beach cruiser that they carry all the <laughs> chairs in and they stay posted even for, for practice. I want to circle back, Kyle, because you said something, you know, you were a four sport athlete and um, that's changed a lot around here. If you go to a big school, it's, it feels like you have to specialize. It's like. I feel like it's like when you are having a child before the child's even bored, you're putting them on a list for school mm-hmm. or daycare. It's almost the same now for youth sports. What's your recommendation, your professional recommendation for kids? You know, let's say they love soccer. They love basketball. They love something. Do they specialize in one sport when they're young? I don't, I don't think, I don't think that's positive for kids at all. I mean, I think, you know, um, you need to, you need to have experience of other activities, you know, just, you know, from a, a, a motor standpoint, different movements, different activities teach different things, right? But also there's the social components. You can have your soccer friends, your basketball friends, um, football friends, whatever it is, but you know, mingle, intermingling between those groups. The, the, the problem you get into is when you're doing two, three at a time and you're not, 
you know, periodization, what's the word? Periodization, right? Making sure that you've got a calendar of I need to rest here, take a little bit off here. But when you're going full speed into two, three activities, that's when kids tend to, to get burnt out or they get hurt. Um, and it's burnout for parents as well. Like you're, you're shuttling kids from point A to point B to point C, and then you add another kid in the equation and it, it, it becomes crazy. But I, I mean, I would say, you know, with a lot of our athletes, a lot of them do their high school sport in the fall, then they come to soccer after, and then in the winter they do a basketball and then they do our, our once a week winter training. And then in the spring they play high school soccer. I would say if you're in that ballpark of two to three activities, um, but I think you got to start to focus on, you know, where do I want to be? You know, what's my end game? Do I want to play collegiately? And if it's like, yeah, soccer is my thing, well, then maybe you need to move the needle a little bit towards focusing a little bit more on the soccer component mm-hmm. and and things like that. But I don't I don't believe specializ- specialization is the answer. I think I think kids need the, the social and, and motor skills to do multiple activities. Yeah. And I think I'm, I'm in a different place because I, I, I wear the parent hat, too. So yeah. <laughs> I have to think, I mean, my kids are in a younger, younger age bracket. So I have a, a 10 year old, eight year old and a one year old. Obviously, wow. my two older ones, they're now getting into youth sports. So they want to do soccer, they want to do baseball and they want to try all these different things. And we want to be supportive of that. We want to allow them to have these opportunities to find out where their passions lie, where they what they enjoy. Um, and bless my wife, she's the one that drives them everywhere. So um, she supports them in that way. But I certainly see when we see our players at, at these older ages, once they're 15, 16, and um, they're trying to do multiple sports, I still think it's a great, great thing. It's just trying to balance it. You know, can you do it where it's more of a seasonal support uh, sport rather than trying to do multiple sports at the same time? Because it certainly does take a toll on your body. It does have a lot of wear and tear. But then when that happens, it also probably affects your performance levels as well. So depending on what your end goals is, if it's if it's college or um, or if it's just playing to love it, I, I still think there probably becomes a time in your youth career where you probably have to put a focus on one or the other. Um, but I think as they're younger, definitely trying to get those experiences at as many sports as possible and enjoy it. But yeah, you might and need to And let kids down. pick out what, what, what their passion is, not necessarily what mom and dad, you know, what mom and dad played growing up or what they played in high school and kind of let, let your kid. I, I, I really don't think parents ask their children when they get in the car, they immediately want to get in and like critique their game and talk about this, what what went wrong, what you did wrong. And I don't think anybody asks their kid, did you have fun? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the car, the car ride should be, you know, rule of thumb is if the kid wants to talk about the game, then we talk about the game because whether if, if it went really well, they're going to want to talk about it. If it didn't go really well, they don't want to talk about it. So yeah. then you as a parent try to push that, you know, then the kids are frustrated, then parents become frustrated. And, it, you know, it should be really just like, hey, you know, did you enjoy watching your kid play today? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did. Right. Um, I think it's a great opportunity to bond as well as a, as a parent and a child. That car ride, that 5, 10, 15 minute car ride is a great time to connect, even if you're not versed in soccer it's still a great time to chat about how they feel what their emotions were during the game how it went mm-hmm. the, the highs and lows of that that performance um because we've probably seen it in the last i don't in the last five years or so we're seeing more soccer parents that have played soccer so they can relate to it but we've also got a lot of parents that haven't came through where soccer was probably even an option when they were in high school or in college they just didn't have that accessible so it doesn't mean you have to be well versed in soccer to have those conversations. I think it's just a great time to build bridges with your children and, right. and talk about their feelings and their emotions that they're going through. 
I am uber competitive, completely competitive. <laughs> I don't know enough about soccer. I just, you know, I know enough to, you know, watch my kids and stuff. Um, but I'm trying to retrain my brain by the first thing I say to my kids when I see them after, if it's a soccer game or whatever, is I love watching you play. Yeah. And it's it's just so simple, like, and how their face changes, right? I mean, the pressure's off. Yeah. Pressure's off. The, the anxiety's off. Like mom and, mom and dad are proud of me regardless of what happens. Like, right. You know, that's 100%. And and regardless of, of, of the game or how good your kid is, that's not a reflection of you as a parent. <laughs> you know, I think that's a hard part too is when they see their kid maybe not be successful. It's like, oh, I'm, I'm failing my child. I said, no, you just let your kid let your kid fail. Let your kid learn. Let your kid grow. Do you think social media, because I, I, I was telling you earlier that I saw something today and it said um, youth sports is the new keeping up with the Joneses, right? So it's kind of... We all brag. I love when people brag about their kids, right? They, they post it immediately. You know, they, you know, my kid scored like 17 goals today, you know, or is it, people want to immediately brag. And it's like, it's, it's that moment that for some people, if you're not secure or if that's important to you, it's that pressure that these other parents that, well, well, my kid didn't do that well today. My, you know, and it's that has social media, do you think added to it to make parents like just go, it's nice. changed all of us, right? Yeah. Being so connected to people and to be able to, I mean, in your profession as well, but now anybody can talk to anybody right. and you have access, you literally have access to everybody. And um, I think, you know, we all want to be proud of our kids, right? And we all mm -hmm. want to showcase how great our kids are, but I'll, I'll circle back and say, you know, how good your kid, you know, is at an, at, at an activity is not a reflection of you as a parent, right? Like some of us, like what, like if I have kids, my kids are going to probably play tennis, or golf or something. And I right. have no con, not, nothing against those activities, right? Because <laughs> it's I'll not be like, your wheelhouse, you know, right? No, and, yeah. and something to be, I'm, I'm excited to watch Chris play baseball with his kids, so, yeah. right? Because he probably don't have a clue either, right? You <laughs> yeah. know, but like- You don't want to see that. The yeah, look on your things, face right? is priceless, right? <laughs> those yeah. are the things though, like, yeah. you know, that's how it goes. I want my kid to do this, this, and this. Well, what if he or she does something completely mm -hmm. off? Maybe they're, you know, an artist or mm -hmm. play instruments. It's like, that's great too. There's nothing right. wrong with, you know, that, that for your children. It's, I think, you know, Tara and I were just talking actually in last week's uh, episode, we were talking about, we were talking about youth sports because her kids, they're dynamic, they're phenomenal athletes and, you know, her son plays baseball all year round and stuff. And I said, you know, I have to ask people, what's the end goal? Like I think about my kids every time I walk up the steps because my knees sound like it's like a turtle chewing on aluminum foil. My knees are just <laughs> shot. I should have both of them replaced again, right, from, from basketball. And I played in a small school, like in college, right? So... And then for what? For like, I literally, I'm not that old, so I can't move now, right? <laughs> I didn't go to the college I really wanted to go because I wasn't good enough to play basketball at that college. So I kind of settled, had a great experience. So that's why I always say like, well, what's your end goal for your kid? I mean, and it's, have you ever asked your kid, like, what do you want to do? And I think parents are so blinded by it. And I don't know whether it's because they want to post, hey, my kid just got a D1 scholarship to go here, here, there. And I feel like we're messing something up and I feel like the only people who are going to be able to really get through to parents are the professional guys like you. Yeah, I think you certainly don't want to, you know, a lot of time when you look at people's social media accounts, it's the new house they bought, the new car they bought, and it's using it as um, a status. You know, we don't want to use our children as, as a status. Mm -hmm. um, we want to just be there to support them. We want to guide them and try and create the best environment possible for them to help them achieve whatever their goal is. And I think that's important that it's their goal, not not your goal as the parent. Um, so I think, yeah, it's great to have that conversation to figure out what what do they want to gain from this? Is it just they want to, it's a social component and they just want to enjoy having fun and playing with their friends? Or is there different ambitions that they want to try and achieve? But 
allow the coaches to, to be that vehicle, allow us to help you try and achieve those goals um, because the club will certainly implement ways that we're trying to approach it at different ages and what our focus is on. So um, I think that's the important piece is for the children to realise why they're playing sports. And it can be as simple as because it's fun. Right. And, that, and sometimes that's, that's where it all starts, it needs right? to be. Yeah. That's where it starts with. It's it's the most accessible youth sport in the country. Like youth soccer is the most popular youth sport in the country for little kids because you don't have to be able to hold a bat. You don't have to swing anything. Mm-hmm. You just roll the ball ball out there and then they all chase it. Right. That's right. and then as they as they get older and they develop those skills, then they, you know, they, they they'll go into football or baseball and that's where you see quite a big drop off in kids is once they get back into those areas because more parents have played those activities. Right. And like Chris said, more there's more parents now who've played soccer, so you'll see you're starting to see more, you know, parents that have played the game be involved and and I think and I, I circle back to like my parents too. My parents um, have no no nothing, no idea how to play soccer. So they were never on the sideline screaming stuff because they didn't want to look silly because they don't know the rules. They don't know what's going on. They don't know if that was a good thing or a bad thing. Right. But, you know, and, and, and I think, you know, in a country like Scotland where everybody plays soccer, everyone's yeah. pretty versed in right. the game, right? And it's not, and a lot of them know the ins and outs of the game, the rules, you know, how to play. And, and I think in this country, it it's it's getting better. Yeah. It's getting better, but we still... You know, instead of thinking, well, maybe I don't really know what's going on. And not, so then they just, they yell and they chirp and, you know, and they <laughs> I don't was just going to say, clue, yeah, right? but I think the ones who know the least are the loudest, I think sometimes uh, on the sidelines and it, I think that there's something, I don't even know what word I'm looking for. It's almost like romantic that it is the number one sport in the world, yeah. right? The number one sport in the world. Like right now, I'm sure you all are watching the Euro cup and the Copa, you know, and like just as fi- watch these, these men and women play, well, men now, but, um, for country pride. And I think that's something that United States doesn't really, I mean, obviously we have pride in the United, you know what I'm saying? But it's not, it's not the same. It's not the same. It's not the same. It's not the same. Like I'm literally about to kick my husband out of the house (laughs) if Argentina ties or loses again, because there's this deep seated, and it's all tied to soccer. Yeah. Let's yeah. not talk to Chris about Scotland yesterday. Sorry. Yeah, I watched the national anthem yesterday, and I had chills just watching the players <laughs> sing it and you watching get, the. Country. I'm getting chills. You're just saying yeah. it because it is. It's like a. It's a moment, right? Yeah. It's I, a moment. I spoke to my family yesterday, and obviously Scotland played in the European Championships yesterday. It's the first time they've been there in a long, long time, 23 years. Um, but the kids are still in school right now, so all the classes were showing the game. That's all the great. kids See? were going to school in the jerseys with the flags and. Um, so it kind of embraced the nation, um, which sometimes I think you do see here when, when the U.S. men's team or women, women's team are in the World Cup. You know, it starts to grip the nation. You see it, the big screens in some of the bigger cities. And so you're starting to see the growth in the country. We're just we're just not quite at the same same space yet. It's as every four years, nations. though, right? It's not yeah. every day, every month. It's no, cause every, every four years, everybody loves soccer, right? Right. It's, it's, I kind of like, you know, made fun of my daughter the other day. She has Julie Ertz jer- jersey. That's like her, like a homie. That is her idol but if you ask her what professional team does she play for she wouldn't be able to answer and she plays professional you know soccer like during the year and the women are the best in the world they're the best in the world and they still get paid a third of the men but we won't get it that's another topic for another day well i will go on my my outrage like so i want to wrap this one up because we're going to talk in next week's episode as well what advice do you have if you could tell parents anything, I mean, you probably won't have the same colorful language that I would have. But well, if you could tell, you know, they're switching. Let's say they're switching from rec and they're switching. They want professional coaches because there is a big difference, right? Mm-hmm. What is your advice at that at that drop off, that first practice when that parent comes up? What's your What's your advice? Trust. 
right? Trust the process, trust the people that you're, you know, you're, you're, you're trusting your most important thing with us, right? Drop them off. They're going to get better at soccer. And like I said, it, it just take, it takes a little bit of time, right? It, it sometimes it, it takes one or two years for really things to click. I mean, kids grow at different speeds, kids develop mentally at different speeds, but once it clicks and you just got to stay in it a little bit, the kids will become better soccer players. And, and ultimately it's about, it really is about enjoyment, right? No scholarships are being won or lost today <laughs> no. at practice. You know, maybe kid doesn't have a good day. We don't know what's going on at home. And one thing I tell our, our, our coaches and our rec coaches is, you know, you might be the best part of that kid's day, mm. right? You don't yeah. know what's going on before or after soccer practice, right? So a little bit of perspective is just when you're there as the coach, just be there for those children. And if those kids leave with a smile on their face, you had a good day. That's great advice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's I think <laughs> it is. It's, that's. I think that's the biggest thing. I think when you when you drop your kids off at school, you want to trust the school that they're with, the teachers they're with, and I think that's that's going to be the same when you take them to the soccer field. Is that you want to trust those coaches that mm -hmm. they're going to not only allow your child to get better as a soccer player, but hopefully we can make them better people as well. And I think a lot of people don't recognize that um, soccer coaches is is something that. In this country, we have to go through licenses. Um, there's no other sports in this country that require coaches to go through a license process. Um, so we have to go through an education. We have to go through um, learning how that we can make them as good soccer players as they can and put them in environments where they're learning and enjoying it, but also putting them in environments where we can build relationships with them too. So, um, and we took a lot of time to do that over the years. Each year, we try and get better with our with our growth and with our development so that we can give the kids a better environment too. So um, so hopefully they can trust us that if we're putting that much time into our growth, then we're gonna put that back into the children too. That's great advice. I hope parents, I hope you're listening. Just remember, you don't know what you don't know. <laughs> so if you don't know, just be quiet and trust the process. We wanna thank Rock Gym, the OG of gyms in the Cedar Valley, often imitate it, never duplicate it. Try them out, get fit and gotta work off all that food that we've been eating while watching their Euro or the Copa. All right, we'll be back next week with a special edition of Faith in Four Letter Words.